Bokratov. Short class today, it seems. We discussed in depth the idea of the Eshetifat Torah and what the real intent of the Torah is, contrary to what the biblical critics would say. The real intent of the Torah is to either help the man control himself or to help the woman not be uh, kind of mistreated. And uh, the, the favor that's being done to this non-Jewish captive of war is that she is being offered a real Jewish marriage in which she'll be taken care of according to all the laws of Judaism uh, and according to many opinions or at least half of the opinions in the Gemara, she was not allowed to be touched until she is made a full-fledged wife, which gives her an, which gives her an incredible amount of, uh, of, of respect. respect. Exactly. Okay. Now, next case we have, next mitzvah. Pasuk Tedvav of Perek Kaf Aleph. Ki tiyena le'ish yeten nashim, ha'achat ahuvah ve'achat senu'ah, ve'aladulo vanim ha'ahuvah ve'asenu'ah, ve'ayah ha'ben ha'bechor la'senu'ah. Let's say a man has two wives. One is loved and one is hated. And the, the, he has boys, sons, from these two wives, one from the loved one and one from the hated wife. But... The older one, the Bechor, belongs to the hated wife. Always, because Hashem makes sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. <laughs> and on the day that he wants to give over as an inheritance to his son, whatever he, he has, he cannot take and make the beloved one, he cannot make him the Bechor, on top of the one he hates, who is, or the one who, the son of the one he hates, who is the real Bechor. Because the son of the hated one he has to make, he has to recognize, to give him his double portion. With everything that he has. Because he is the first of his vigor, meaning he is the actual firstborn. To him belongs the first the, the uh, law of the firstborn. Now, there's an interesting thing here. First of all, the word senu'ah. Uh, what does senu'ah mean? It's a trick question, so you don't necessarily have to answer. Senu'ah typically means hated, but whenever we're talking about marriage, uh, mar- in, in, in laws of marriage, the Torah had a specific word for, uh, in, in a polygamous relationship in which there was more than one wife, the wife who was the favorite was called the Ahuva. The wife who was the less favorite was called the Sinua. Still, she was... She was still, still loved. Yeah. She was still loved, but not hate. So it, it's just, a, it's just a, a fun use of the word. But Sinua here, when the word literally translates, especially in modern Hebrew, to hated, in the Torah, it doesn't translate to hated. It translates to the less loved. Okay? So that's one detail here. Uh, the, what's the point of this halakha? What's the idea here? make sure that the right of the firstborn doesn't change. So I have a, there's an interesting uh, detail that the modern scholars point out. Do you know what story this seems to parallel? Yeah, it's in uh, Yaakov, no? Good point, but I'm thinking about something else. Oh. Because Esav and Yaakov came from the same mother, that's the problem. There's another story that no, this parallels. The, the, the children of Yaakov. The children of Yaakov. Okay, yes. so you want to see something interesting. Where else in the Torah? Where right? Where else in the Torah? Where else in the Torah do we see the word sinua? When in the Torah, when it says Vayar Adonai ki sinua lea vayiftachat rachma, 
God saw that Leah was the less loved wife, so he, and he opened her womb, and he gave her a child. As Giacomo was saying, it is almost like the wife who is less beloved will have more of a zechut in childbearing. It seems like, or at least from that story, it seems like that's the case. But what is then this, this halacha coming to teach us? Well, what happened in the story of Yaakov? Because of the favoritism that he showed the younger son from the more beloved wife, which is exactly what this thing is, there, 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 it, there became friction within the family and hatred yeah. within the family. So what seems to be the point of this halakha is to kind of give some objective, rigid standards for how you apportion your lot to your family to stop internal family feuds from occurring. Okay. And that's why it, it uses similar language to the story of Yaakov to tell us that do not make the mistake that Yaakov made with his own kids. Okay, so that's an interesting detail here. Jealousy, um, Jealousy is the worst enemy. Yeah, it, it does. It tears apart families. Uh, for some, it, it's amazing that the family bonds, the natural blood ties, are not strong enough to stop fighting when it comes to money. And the Torah recognizes that. So that, that seems to be what, what the point of this uh, halakha is here. Uh, next, next halakha. He's dirty. Whenever a person has a wayward and rebellious son, he does not listen to the voice of his father and the voice of his mother. And they rebuke him and they try to work on him. And he does not listen to them. The parents must grab him and take him and they should take him to the elders of the city and to the gates of his place, which is where, typically, the judges would sit. The judges would sit at the entrance to the city, at the gate of the city. And they have to say to the uh, uh, elders of the city, Our son here is wayward and rebellious. He does not listen to our voice. He, is, he, uh, he eats a lot. And he drinks a lot. And when it says drink, it's referring to alcohol. alcohol. Meaning our son is a glutton and, and he drunkard. is a drunkard. And the, the, uh, the Gemara and the Midrashim explain that this is a son who he, he uh, it's a, an, a large amount of food that he must be eating. And he, he's, eating he's, a, he's a very, he very gluttonous he person. He, he doesn't have a control over his impulses. And the Gemara actually does explain that the, the concern with him is that he develops these addictions and he's going to start, as w- what we see today, he's going to start uh, in order to, to get whatever he needs. It means he's going to start, be- he's going to become a bandit. And he's going, to st- he's going to start to steal in order to get the things that he wants. Now typically, in modern society, if you, a lot of the, the thieves are, a, a, a lot of people who go and, and they get involved in these things are people that, with addictions. Yes. And drugs. With drug addictions or alcohol, alcohol addictions where they need to fulfill their addiction somehow. So that impulse to, to fulfill their fi- get their fix is so strong that they go and they hold a shopkeeper at gunpoint in order to, to get a hundred bucks to, to go get their next fix. Okay? So it is a, a real concern whenever a person becomes too gluttonous or becomes addicted to alcohol that they will turn into a criminal. They said never happened. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll get to all of that. Those details. The people of the city will kill him with a. Will 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 pelt him with stones and he will die. And all of the Israel people of Israel will listen and they will fear. Okay, a few things to point out. 
This seems, obviously, the question on this is that it seems pretty brutal. Wow. Because what's, what, what the Gemara so does tell us, what the Gemara does tell us is that this kid has not t- necessarily done anything that's deserving of the de- death penalty. Yes. Okay? The Gemara tells us that who's, he nerag al shem sofo. That he's actually killed because of what we expect for him to become. Yes, we're trying we're to... We're doing it in advance. We're doing it in advance before a, he gets... A, a tooth out before it even comes out. Exactly. We're getting him in advance before he actually deteriorates as a person and turns into the violent criminal that we expect. The problem with that is that he still has not done anything. Meaning it's nice that we're stopping the person from coming to... To this bad but scenario, sure it's going to be like that. but we're not sure it's going to be like that, and and it doesn't seem fair based on our typical Jewish standards that we're killing someone before he actually did something that is necessarily violent that, that violated any death penalty commandment. Makes sense. So that that's what's difficult about this. So the Gemara does say, by the way, that this actually never actually happened, and it is something that the Torah was giving us more as an instruction to. A, to, for parents to make sure that they train their kids well. They talk the same language, parents. Very important. Uh, uh, the, uh, the, okay, so the, you're, you're going into the Midrashim uh, uh, and the Halakhic Midrashim. The, the Chachamim point out uh, many, many details in the Halakha that true. make it very, very difficult for this to actually occur. Okay? But there is an actual, an actually interesting interpretation. I'm not going to go into them, into the Halakhic things. So one, one of the, the Halakhic necessities that we have to have is that the parents have to be speaking with the same voice. If they're not, if they're not, not on the same, if they're not on the same page, then you can't kill the kid because because you know that it's the parents' fault, right? So only if they're on the same page can you kill the kid, because because then you know that it's the kid's fault. So first of all, I want to point impossible. out the 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 last thing, the last the last thing is all of Israel will will listen and they will fear whenever they see the kid is pelted with stones. They will listen and they will fear. What's interesting about this phrase, Yisrael virao, that the Jews will listen and they will fear, is that it's used typically for mitzvot in which we want society to take note of something. So it's also used by when somebody is killed for trying to convert other people to Abu Dazara. So we kill them, and then the Pasuk says, and all the Jews will listen and they will fear. Because this is something we want to make example, sure society... We, yeah, whenever we want to make something an example... We use the phrase So in that case it would be That we don't want him to, to Start spreading We don't want people to get that idea And here, what's the idea here? We want this to become an example For parents to learn how to train their kids And of course for kids Or to younger people To learn not to get involved in addictive substances Or get involved in too much gluttony now, also, another thing is that this is not talking about a child that's under 12. This is already a person who's in his teens, who has, who can learn, who can, you know, that they're... In the understanding. He has a level of understanding that, uh, that it would even apply to him. Now, one more detail that I, uh, that's a very novel interpretation that I heard recently. Uh, it, you, you still, it still doesn't sit well with you, okay? Even though, difficult. Even though it was never implemented... You still feel like why? Why was it given? Why was it given? So the Gemara says that we were, it was given for us to learn how to raise kids, and and all of these things are for us to learn. But it's still odd because it seems like no, there there actually could be a case in which the Torah would want this to happen. Also, to learn as a son towards your parents, don't push it too hard. For sure, for sure. Because um, at the end of the day, that barakha, that commandment, sorry, that commandment 
to honor your parents yeah yeah for sure this is this is definitely this is this is definitely instructive to both this is probably more instructive to the child than to the parents right the stress here isn't the parents the the stress on the parents kind of came later in the in the halakhic midrashim that the parents have to be this the parents have to be that the, the stress here seems to be an instruction to the child not to get involved in these things. So one interesting thing, I'm, uh, yesterday I was giving you a lot of context to the society that the Torah was dealing with, with the, with the Yifat Torah, and it helped us understand a little bit more and to get context and to understand why it's actually a very beautiful halakha. Uh, I heard someone else, do you, do you guys know Dennis Prager? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I, have to, I have to attribute this, this Devar Torah to him, um, I, I happen to like him a lot. I think he's, he does amazing things. I think his, his uh, university that he made, his, his, the videos that he puts out are very good. Um, he, uh, word of warning, he's not a Shomer Torah Umitzvot. He doesn't keep halakha. But he does have a lot of nice insights in the Torah. And he does have a very profound respect for the, for the Torah. So, um, so I, I think it's okay quoting him. He says something, something very interesting. He said the culture at the time that this was given was the culture that parents would sacrifice their children. And, and it would be very common, like you see today in Muslim society, whenever, let's say, the daughter does something that's, that's not to the honor of the family, they could kill her in the house. And they do that. They do honor killings. If the son does something that's, for example, when they, when they have in the Muslim society, if they find their son is homosexual, sometimes they'll kill him. It's an honor killing. And they'll do that internally and they'll keep it hush-hush. He said that was the kind of society that the, the people were dealing with at the time. So if you look at the pasuk, what do the parents have to do in order to kill the child here? They have to bring him to the. They have to bring him to the zikenim, which means that the emphasis here isn't that the children that the parents should kill the kid. The emphasis here is that the parents should not kill the kid in their own home. They should first bring him to the zikenim. Now, what is the Torah trying to do? It's trying to get people not to get involved in the honor killings within their home. To, to, to cause that to come and become part of the Jewish court system. Now, once it's brought into the Jewish courts, what do you think is going to happen? No, they're not going to they're not gonna let them... They're not going to let them do that. They're not going to let them... It's not going to come to that at all. So, according to him, the emphasis here is that... It's not that the, we have to kill a child who's wayward. It's that any child who we think is deserving of death, make sure to first bring him to the elders. And what we see historically, what ended up happening because, because of this law, never is happened. that no child was ever... ever we never, never had never the concept of honor killings never developed within Am Yisrael. Right? As opposed to the Muslim culture where they did have it and it was a very big part of their culture. We never developed such an idea. We have, we, we, our kids are obviously, it's like a, it's such a, a crazy concept to us. And uh, it could be because of this law that that was the case. So that's a very interesting interpretation. I thought it was beautiful. I think it's a very beautiful. nice interpretation. Uh, it gives a lot of context to what we said. Baruch Amen Amen.